Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We have the great opportunity to tell you the stories of Harvest Baptist Church on this program as we feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to, of course, invite you to come to Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. Our morning worship service begins at 10.30 a.m., Sunday morning, and I can tell you more about what's happening Sunday at the end of the program. Let's begin Harvest Time today, though, by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Chris. I'm looking forward to our program today because of our special guests. I'm going to hold that for a minute. We'll come back to it. We want to talk just for a minute about Sunday services coming up and the introduction across our church family of 40 Days of Prayer. You know, in the Old Testament, well, we have many, many examples, of course, of God's people in diligent, dedicated prayer times when, especially in times of transition or unknowns in front of them. You know, back in Exodus, when the nation of Israel came out of slavery in Egypt and were getting ready to, they thought, immediately go into the promised land. They were wandering around in the desert a little bit and a little bit of uncertainty about the future. And in that time frame, God called Moses away from the people up onto the Mount Sinai for 40 days. And the Bible talks about this, just communion with God. And when he came down from that mount, then he was, you know, really had a word from God, including the Ten Commandments, which not only impacted the nation of Israel, but really has impacted our world, you know, from that time. Jesus also gave us many examples of prayer, dedicated prayer, including right at the beginning of his ministry. The Bible talks about 40 days that he went away just in communion with his Father. So we felt like at the beginning of sort of a new season at Harvest, a lot of things are kicking off in the fall, that we'd like to take some dedicated time for our church family and just focus on prayer. So beginning this Sunday, we're going to kick off 40 days of prayer, and we'll introduce a few things about that in the morning service, then in the evening. We have a prayer guide, which will have some thoughts weekly, some weekly emphasis that we're going to do as a church family, and then some daily encouragements, you know, day after day that they can have in a prayer guide. And that's going to be available at our service, um, but it's also going to be available online. In fact, Chris, you're working a little bit on that. Can you tell us how we can access the online prayer guide for the 40 days of prayer? Yeah, well, what we'll do Sunday morning is we'll give people a direct link to that, but we'll also have it on our the homepage of our website, and it'll just be, you know, you fill out your name and email address and subscribe to it. It'll send you a, a, a little reminder to say, confirm that you signed up for this email, and then every day for the next 40 days, uh, starting, I think, is it on the 19th? Monday, yeah. yeah. On the 20th, or the 19th. The 19th, yes. Starts on the 19th, and then it'll for the next 40 days, you'll get an email every day, and it'll have that reminder. A lot of the things I've looked through, they're things that we know and understand, but it's a reminder every day to be focused on something. So we'll have that available on the website, and we'll remind you about it if you come to church on Sunday as well. Yeah. For those that are part of our church family, there's two primary focuses Uh, One is the end of this 40 days is going to kick off our summit meetings, which happen at the end of September. Uh, So, you know, that's part of the prayer focus. But on a broader scale, uh, this fall, we're kicking off a new theme, and uh, we're going to be doing some 
maybe big picture thinking and planning for our ministry uh, this fall kind of across a church. And so we want to be praying about that. We're asking God, what is it that he's asking us to do as a ministry in the coming years? And we want to be right in step with God's plan. We don't want to go ahead of him at all, but we don't want to drag it behind anything that God wants to do. And so it's so important for us as a church just to be you know, steeped in prayer. And so we're asking our church family to do that. And if you're listening and you say, well, I'm not a part of the Harvest family, there might be some things going on in your life that this would be a good encouragement for you just to have this dedicated time of 40 days of prayer. And so if you'd like to sign up, again, you can get that online after Sunday, and we'd love to have you join us in this special time of prayer. Well, I mentioned that we have some very special guests that I've been looking forward to introducing today. They're not unfamiliar to any of our listeners. In fact, our special guests today are Chris and Deborah Harper. Chris and Deborah are, of course, familiar to anybody that's been listening to the radio station because Chris is our station manager. Deborah is involved in a, a lot of things, and so her voice is also commonly heard on, on the radio station. But they're not just responsible and leading Harvest Family Radio. They're both are very involved in the ministry of our church and have an interesting history, I think, of God's work in their life. And so I was asking Chris whether that he's had an opportunity to share that very often on the radio, and it might be a little bit unfamiliar to you, so we want to do that today, and I guess I want to officially welcome Chris and Deborah to Harvest Time. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, how long ago did you guys come to Harvest? I'm going to back up after that to talk about what happened before, but tell us a little bit about the history right here with the radio station. Yeah, it'll just be four years last month. So we arrived in end of July 2015, and I had visited at Thanksgiving of 2014. That was my first trip to Guam, and I had at that time spoken with Pastor Heron about coming out. I had a commitment to another ministry up until July of Mm -hmm. that next year, but really knew when we came out that this is where God wanted us to be. I think we knew that right away because the story is that we had been um, telling our ministry at Maranatha Baptist University for all the five years we were there that we were probably only going to stay five years Mm. and we wanted to leave and the last two years I had said this may be my last year and then this may be my last year and I remember telling Deborah. Uh, one day we had explored some options. Mm-hmm. Now you put some feelers out there about other ministry opportunities. We had done that, and and I mean, they were. We just had the door closed tight. Mm. I mean, it was it was there was nothing happening, and so I kind of knew I was pushing on the doors a little bit, and so I said to Deborah one one day, you know, I'm going to quit with this. No more calling. No more emailing about anything. We're just going to sit here and wait mm. and God's going to have to bring something along and we'll know when he does. Cause I kind of knew I was getting a little off track Sure, because I was pushing things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, because we had a time frame in mind and our so, time frames are not always God's time frame. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what happened is pastor Heron had come to speak at our chapel at Maranatha and for whatever reason that day that in his mind, he mentioned that he really needed somebody to come to Guam and devote their lives to doing radio. And what we'd really been 
wanting to do is to be involved in local church ministry and get back into radio because <laughs> we both have done radio for years and and so we both wanted to do that and uh, it was one of those moments where I uh, I actually physically did I looked around and thought he's got to be talking to me because <laughs> there's no one there's no one else here that fits this description and Pastor Heron after that had said he didn't know why he said that. He had never said that at any other school that he went to because he just figured uh, this isn't a good place for this. So God obviously had that orchestrated. Well, it's interesting that he may not have said that in chapels. I know that the, the ministry had been looking. Actually, Pastor yeah. Heron had mentioned that to me maybe a few years previously. Yeah. If I knew of anybody, you know, it's this is a unique position, somebody sure. that would have the the gifts and the skills to do this. I'm sure he asked, you know, many other people besides me. And I actually gave him a name of somebody, not that I knew that they would come or not come, but this is such a critical piece of the harvest ministry. And just that piece of the story is is an amazing way of confirmation of, for sure. I see that from your side, how God directed you, but from harvest picture as well, what an incredible fit this has been. I want to back up and talk about that, too, in just a minute. We're really sure. thankful for how God has brought you here. But let's tell the pre-story, because I know that God has used you in a, several different ways. And I'm interested also in just your family background, maybe your spiritual story. So, Deborah, maybe I could ask you about that. Where did you grow up? And tell me about your relationship with Jesus. How did that begin? Well, I was born into a Christian home. My dad ended up joining the army as a chaplain when I was five years old. In fact, we were traveling to South Carolina, and the day we arrived, I think, was my birthday. Oh, really? So I've had experience moving all over the place. Mm. We were in South Carolina, then we moved to Germany and New Jersey and Kansas, and I went to college in Ohio at uh, Cedarville University. Okay. And when I was 10, we were in Germany. And I remember we were at a chapel service, and somebody was preaching, and I don't remember the message. All I know is when I got home, I was convicted. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed to get saved. And that night, before I went to bed, I couldn't go to sleep. I had to talk to my dad. And he led me in a prayer. I prayed to God to forgive me of my sins, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior that night. And one of the unique things about it was he was having a baptismal service the very next day. Of course, since my dad was the preacher and he was doing the baptismal service, I got to get in the fast track. Yeah. (laughs) So it was pretty cool. And then I went to college. I studied broadcast production. So I was interested in radio. And my junior year, I was looking at where I was going to do my internship. I went in to talk to my advisor And at that point, somebody came into the office and was talking to him about a missions trip he was going to put together to go to a radio station in Alaska. Oh, I haven't heard this before. I'm seeing the pieces come together. And my advisor knew I was interested in missions. And so he put me together with this guy. And I became a part of that team going to the radio station that summer. So I did a missions trip as my internship at a radio station in Nenana, Alaska. And when I graduated from college, then I decided to go back up there and work at this radio station. And 
it ended up being where I met Chris. Hmm. What year did you go up there after college? When was that? 2000. Okay. Chris, you are already there. Is that right? Tell me a little bit about what brought you to that. Let's oh. match your story up to this point. Yeah, actually, Deborah was there first. Okay. So I had been working in broadcasting already. I got saved when I was 11. I grew up in a Christian home, but I, I very much rejected the gospel from the sense of thinking I could sort of find my own way. Mm-hmm. That was sort of always my thinking process that somehow I was going to get out of admitting I was a sinner and trusting Jesus. That was very clear in my mind that somehow I was going to find a different way. So I got saved when I was 11, and I started going to a Christian school a few years later, and I started to learn a lot about the Bible. And I got into radio as well, but I was working in news. And then somebody came and offered me the opportunity to work at Moody Broadcasting. Mm. And I, I knew Christian radio existed, but I was concentrating on working in the newsroom. So um, when I got that opportunity, it really turned a switch like, I could have a career doing something for the Lord and not just doing news. Wow, that's really interesting. And so I worked at Moody Broadcasting for five years, but knew I needed to go even further. So I began looking into missions opportunities, and the one that came up was in Alaska. And the uh, director there of the ministry just called one day. I had inquired about the ministry there, and he called one day and just ask if I could come for two weeks and just check it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was one of those experiences. I guess it would be similar to the one we had when I came here. The moment I got there, I I knew this is where I'm going to be spending a lot of my life over the next few years. And so I came in. One part of the story that's interesting is it was a missions endeavor. So you had to go around to churches and raise support and and, so you'd uh, raise support, yeah. Deborah. You had before on your own, is that right? Yes. Okay. So I don't know that I understood how that all worked. So that uh, this is not a great story of faith, <laughs> but I said to them, "I'll be back." I think I came in May, and I said, "I'll be back in October." Mm. And the director there said to me, "You don't understand. <laughs> You're going to have to go raise this much in support." I said, I don't think you understand. I already bought my tickets. I'm coming back in five months. So I said, God will just have to provide. Like I said, it's probably not a story of faith. It was probably more of a story of ignorance because I didn't understand what that meant for me. But I came back and I had enough support to come back, thankfully, in October. So I came in October and Deborah had been there since January, but we met in May. So. So you came back, and then obviously you met there, uh, married at some point down the road, and did you stay there as a family, as a couple? We stayed in Alaska, but we did not stay in Ninana. We left the ministry there uh, in 2003, just really days before we got married, and then we were really committed to our church there, our church family, and we had opportunities to move lots of different places, but we really settled on, let's stay at our church. Mm -hmm. So I said to Deborah, let's just take whatever job we can get. I don't know what that'll be. It was driving a a van for a hotel for a few months. It was working at Sears for like a year. It was 
anything I could do that wasn't radio, wasn't anything related to what I was trained for, but that's where we decided to stay. And you stayed how long after that? We were there for 10 years, so it was another uh, seven years after that. So we were there. All of our, the first four of our kids were born in Fairbanks, Alaska. So that's where we, our church was. That's not a surprising story to me, that component at least, in that one of the things that God is using, you know, you and your family for so much here is there's a real commitment to the church that we see throughout your life and a love for the ministry. So our radio audience maybe knows you through the radio station, and of course that's a significant part of your ministry, and it's a part of Harvest Baptist Church. But beyond that, your family's very involved. Chris, you're a deacon, in fact, the chairman of our deacons. Right now your family's active in areas of hospitality and serving and caring, teaching. And so the idea that God had placed in your heart this great love and loyalty to his church and to the local church that God had placed you there, that's not surprising because I've seen that as well in, you know, in, in our time here. So thank you for that. Our church is blessed in multiple ways by the Harpers being here. You were about 10 years in Alaska, and then God directed you as, towards uh, another ministry. Is that right? Yeah. What I would say is we were praying with our church and with our pastor there about ministry opportunities from the time we left our other ministry, because mm-hmm. there's a component to uh, this local church commitment that was a part of our story moving forward from the ministry we were in. What we encountered in our ministry to the Bush villages and the Bush areas of the interior of Alaska was a lot of people without church connections. Mm -hmm. And it was somewhat bothersome and a dilemma for us and a struggle for us to come to grips with how to deal with that. And so it became a real commitment to say, we need to be at a local church and we need to be ministering from the base of a local church. So throughout our time in the next seven years, we did a lot of things. We, we did a lot of short-term missions things, building some studios for radio stations and uh, around the world, like in Peru and things. But we were always praying on what was next. Finally got to the point where God provided an opportunity at Maranatha. There's a long story leading up to this, but I got into doing web development during the period of time, the interim to when we went to Maranatha. And without that period of time, there would have been no way for me to go to Maranatha Mm -hmm. and no way for me to connect here. So God used all that interim time. It really is amazing listening. Again, not surprising because we hear God doing this over and over again, but hearing the very specific ways that God has been preparing your family, both individually, you know, Deborah, with your background and your interest in radio, and then together, the different pieces that God put in your life. And it does feel as if, I'm sure this is what made sense to you, makes sense to me here now, listening to it, all of those pieces God had been preparing all along for this ministry. I mean, it fits so incredibly with the the needs that uh, the ministry here has and the opportunities and your burden for missions, you know, all of those things come together. It's a beautiful picture, I think, of how God leads us and prepares us way back before we can ever imagine. I mean, I'm sure when you were heading to Alaska, you didn't have any thoughts of, you know, Pacific Islands at some point. 
tell me about the transition for your family, Deborah. You have some children. Tell me about your children and kind of their transition here to Guam over the last few years. Well, we have five children. The oldest one is 13, and then we have a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, 9-year-old, and a 6-year-old. So the three oldest are right in a row, 8th grade, 7th grade, 6th grade, 4th grade, and 1st grade. Okay. And they didn't have any trouble transitioning to Guam. Yeah. The oldest still misses snow, but everybody else, they think it's great to live on an island. They like going to the beach. They love having a pool outside our front door. And they didn't have any troubles moving here. Yeah. And your family serves together, which I love. It's a beautiful thing, serving in multiple areas of the ministry. Your children, I think, are growing up with a love not only for God, but a love for his church and his people. And yeah, it's really fun to see God continuing to develop your family as well. Maybe for both of you, if you kind of as we wrap things up, if you wanted to tell us about what burdens, maybe some specific burdens that God has in your heart and life right now for ministry, for church, anything in particular that God's burdening you for. Chris, maybe we could start with you. I'm thinking at this moment of my life, I'm thinking a lot about some of the teaching that I'm doing. The the reason why is because I see a real need for it. Mm. So I'm starting a series in our ABF about lessons from Israel, and I've been thinking about some real foundational sort of ideas about Christianity. I guess I've been thinking about them from the perspective of how they've impacted me, and then I'm thinking, I'm excited about the idea that those things that God gives us in the scripture, how they can impact other people. So I, I'm, I guess I'm thinking about that a lot in the daily radio show too. I think about sort of the same things, how, how to put together the building blocks uh, and the, the, I guess you would call it from a sports metaphor, sort of the fundamentals mm-hmm. about to get that all in place so that you can really grow from a a knowledge and understanding standpoint. So I tend to think about that kind of thing quite a lot, and I'm excited about the the different teaching and the people that are in the class, Mm -hmm. you know, because I can sort of see some faces of some people that over the time have, I've noticed, have learned some things and some, some things have come together for them. Yeah. It's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Watching those foundation stones, you know, really go into place and grow. That's, that's great. All right. Deborah, what about you? I think my biggest burden is really just our family. Mm. I enjoy helping Chris at the radio station, kind of relieving some of the burden, getting some things done that he can't get to. And then when I get home, you know, it's taking care of the kids and the house and really working at training them to love God and to love to do what's right and just taking care of them. Yeah. Well, we're thankful for your family, for sure. We're thankful for the way that God orchestrated your lives to direct you here and really the ministry partnership that we have the opportunity to share together, looking towards the future of what God wants to do here. So thank you for being willing to serve in multiple ways throughout your life. And we're glad that God has planted you here for the future. Yeah, thanks. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time today. Of course, we want to give you a personal invite to services at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We're beginning at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships, 
I'm starting an adult Bible fellowship this week if you want to attend that one. Uh, there are others as well, which we have outlined for you at the back of the auditorium. And if, if you need any more information, you can stop at the kiosk, which is our welcome center right in front of the auditorium, or go to our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. <music>